Can I have a cushion, please? So tonight I'd like to offer some reflections about one of the elements of the imaginal lattice. Um, and if you would like to participate in an inquiry with uh, another soul maker, then we hopefully we'll have time for that too. And the element is the element of participation. Um, And participation has meant different things in different times in history um, in terms of how one considers one place, one's place with participating with sacredness or divinity. Um, right from, in the Western canon, from Plato's participating in the divine ideas. So I'm going to give a very, very brief history um, in a Christian, I actually don't know what century, from Thomas Aquinas, who knows what century he comes from, 12th? Okay, thank you. Thomas Aquinas, where he s saw it more as existence, the fact of existing expressed a radical relational dependency on divinity. We could probably find many, many different logoi and ways of thinking about how we participate with what is more than us. Right. Um, and maybe you have had experiences that point to certain kinds of participation in sacrednesses. Um, no doubt you have. We can sometimes experience the dissolving of the self-sense into different kinds of Onenesses as a kind of participation, even if the self kind of gets more and more kind of irrelevant along the way. Um, one can experience, I'm sure I can't cover them all, but oneself as a kind of conduit or an empty vessel at times for what is more than me or that divine um, intelligence to kind of see through one, so to speak. But the self-sense there again is not so important. Meister Eckhart in the 14th century considered, considered the human imagination as participating through divine illumination in God's own thoughts so that our imagination and its brightness is part of God's own thoughts. Has that occurred to you this week? Um, then if we jump through into the modern European era um, where the self-sense starts to get much stronger, more autonomous, more discriminated in a way, that n the self participates in the, the discovery of truth. It's a big, big endeavor of ours. 
And then in the postmodern sense, that uh, disrupting of that and seeing the self actually participates in creating, creating meaning, creating truth, creating uh, all meaning for itself, actually. So in soul-making dharma, what does participation mean? And you might have heard Rob say this is one of the hardest of the elements to articulate. It's um, very hard to articulate. (laughs) And the reason I dare to try is because for me it seems it's the if I was to look at anything I've ever seen that has been compelling for me there are many things but this would be at the heart of what is most compelling and what I most want to find out about further so I want to frame this um, firstly to say participation isn't a thing um, and consider this talk or this idea is more as thinking about our poise as a human being, as a subject, as a meditator, our poise, the poise for participation, what kind of poise of our body, of our ways of knowing, what kind of poise of the imagination and the brightness of mind, the critical faculties, absolutely necessary. What kind of poise of the heart? What kind of poise of the belly and the soma and the energetic vitality uh, allows us to go deeper and let participation potentially become an erotic, beloved, other, imaginal? Whether it be eros participation, and I don't doubt that there's eros for participation here. That's what we're doing here. Poise, I like the word in English somehow, it has, a, it has a nice sound in the mouth. Poise. It suggests the way we carry ourselves. It, it suggests posture, it suggests body. And the way we carry ourselves will de- be dependent on our logoi and our conceptual frameworks of who and what we think this self and this personhood is, what it's doing, what it's for, what it's, what the point of it is. So I invite us into this inquiry tonight, as I do most inquiries. And you've heard me reel off the list of different ways of knowing. But I really encourage us to um, go further with those as we listen to what a poise for participation with sacredness, might, how it might be known, uh, and how we might know when we kind of move out of that or further away. Right? It's not like a binary, but further away from that poise of participation.
So think of the meeting in your, in the image or the images, inner or outer, where you have felt like you are meeting the beloved other erotic, imaginal, dimensional, sacred otherness. Bring to mind, if you will, think about <clears throat> such uh, an encounter, we might say. We, I posit, and maybe you'll agree, and if you don't, um, wait till I finish the two sentences that go together. I cannot, or can you, maybe I should pose it as a question, can you say that you made up the image? I cannot say that I made up the image. It's way, way more beautiful, intelligent, perfectly attuned to what I couldn't ever have imagined could be attuned. It would be way too much of a hubris of my postmodernness to say, yeah, I created that, I made that up. It's it just, I, I cringe at the, at the suggestion to assert that kind of creative function to myself. There's too much uh, divinity in the other, too much dimensionality and my humility tells me this is more than me. And yet, I know that my ways of looking, including my ideas, my frameworks, my volition, my creative function, where I select what I orient towards, I know that this, my creative function, mutually, dependently arises with that image. What does that do to your sense of your participation? When an image strikes you, and it's full of imaginal resonances and richness and sacredness. I cannot say I made it up, and yet I know my ways of looking, my creative function that feels like me, that's somehow relevant here, is absolutely implicated, inevitably, in forming this image. Even if... Well, hopefully we can't wrap our mind around this part. Sense right through the, the midline. Sense in any way if this does anything to put those two ideas together. Our creative function is somehow absolutely called for, necessary. It's not incidental. 
and yet I could bow in reverence to this otherness. It's hard to speak about, actually, um, I, because I notice that if I really let myself hear what I just said, um, I notice that I start to get a little bit unformed in my arms. I start my energy body, I, st- I become a little bit more liquefied right now as I say it. Which actually now I let that happen isn't that hard. But then what about the heart? What about if I breathe right through and into the heart as I hold those two ideas together? And you too, if you, if you will. And your bright mind, your brilliant, brilliant skull. And what about your belly and your sexuality? and your thighs and your imagination my ways of looking form experience But whose ways of looking are they? If I give that all over to the sacredness and the divinity and I say it's the divinity's ways of looking. Perhaps some of you have experienced that sometimes as if you're being seen through or looked through or you know, like this sort of conduit idea or vessel idea. If I give all over to the divinity, I lose the autonomy, the self-sense becomes less important. And that's beautiful and rich and wonderful. And this is something more delineated and discriminated still. If I claim all autonomy, and no divine otherness. I claim the creative function as mine. I drain the cosmos of their sacred depths. And I become the creator. And then I'm in this impossibly strange world where I'm this super sensitive, creative, intelligent thing. And there was this creator that happened, this is in the scientific materialist creation myth, of the Big Bang that happened then all of the material uh, causes and conditions and evolution from there that actually aren't that meaningful beyond what I might attribute it. There's no inherent meaning given. I am the creator of meaning. Like, what a 
horrible predicament. <laughs> so we explored it this morning a little bit in the talk about Logos. That my, my epistemic acts, my ways of knowing, my ways of coming into perception and knowing and perceiving and forming experience shape the malleable potentials of the world. The world is not out there. I do not, through my way of looking, add meaning onto a world that's already there. The mind and the world co-arising. The malleable potentials are equally this instrument of perception and my way of looking reaches in and forms the poise that I carry all these ways of knowing through and with and from that poise my way of sensing the world, what I see and how I see it and what I make of that and the world that's made, co-arising. If we bring our multiple ways of knowing and all of your spiritual competency and meditative skill and your love for exploring and whatever of fantasy of the path you love and fantasies of the path you love and wish to ensoul more and more, if we bring all of this to the table, what might be the depth of intimacy of that participation? with what is more than me, what is more than me that is not just conceived as the more than me's that I conventionally agree upon as more than me, of a conventionally modern or postmodern agreed upon earth, sky, planets, cosmos, but that that definition of what is more than me is loose and elastic and yet calls me further. So what might be the depth of intimacy of this participation with the image that arises intrapsychically, so-called, extrapsychically, <laughs> funny word. Maybe we could say that emptiness tells us that nothing is inherently sacred because my way of looking may not make or shape a sacred world, may not make soul and beloved other and sacred cosmos. And yet, even if I cannot say one thing, I cannot give it the status or the reality status of saying that is sacred, that thing. I could also say that it is eternally and potentially sacred. It may not be inherently sacred, but it is eternally, potentially sacred.
So the idea of participation, I think, can go, the poise of participation can um, call us onward, is onward leading, is onward leading. And the idea offers a way to think about the personhood and the personhood's active shaping contribution to a mystical event without setting that at odds with some sort of genuine spiritual encounter, soulful, soul-making spiritual encounter. So, if you would like to participate, um, this is a kind of an open question. It's really to engage in, in any way whatsoever. It's really to respond spontaneously with whatever is up in the moment. And the intention would be to be in pairs, to sit opposite another, and have the repeating question. Um, did we use that already? Yeah. Have a repeating question form um, that's really for you to use the question as you wish. And the question is, tell me a way you participate. And you can just hear, maybe the word just is just not erotic for you at all. In fact, it certainly wasn't for me it's like participate reminds me of telling me to join in in the school playground or like go on go on go around to that person's house and give them a <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get that training right but let's go further with with the, the idea tell me a way you participate you know and you might just like think about the way you what, what you've noticed about your participation in with images Right, that might be interesting just to explore any of that, if that's what arises, if that's that I mean, it's really interesting and important, that balance of attention, the autonomy, the, how does it work? How does it work? Tell me a way you participate. It might be in the moment, you might say, oh, that word strikes me, I really, I really don't like that, I wish you talked about something else. Thank you. Tell me a way you participate. Can't we do Eros instead? <laughs> Thank you. Tell me a way you participate. God, you remind me of my mum telling me to go. <laughs> Thank you. Tell me a way you participate. I liked my mum. She was really great, but she always made me participate. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Tell me a way you participate. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure about what she talked about, but I really... I'm really interested in that point when the image arises and I... I don't know what to do, but etc., etc. Or, gosh, when you say that, I have no idea what I'm going to say in response. I can't give you a list of the ways I participate, so I've been, you know, ticked off as somebody who properly participates. But I can tell you that something about this theme, something about it, like I just noticed the hairs on my back of my neck whatever, right? Any way, any way of knowing. You don't even have to be verbal. Okay. So if you would...
like to participate with no pressure from my mother. <laughs> Please find uh, another one, and if I suggest the chair people find somebody to not look down to. So um, there's lots of room if you're too bumped up against other pairs. And if you don't want to participate in this activity, <laughs> it's, it's fine. You can do it with yourself. So um, just as... I'll say one more thing about the content. You can really go wherever you want with this question. You know, it doesn't have to be just intra-psychic images. I hope I made that clear. It can be with how you're sensing with soul, um, outside, inside. It can be participation in what looks to you like a more conventional sense, you know, like in my mother's example, you know, how we are, how we participate in groups not groups, etc., etc., but really go where, where, where the point is for you, right? Not what you think you're supposed to do. And uh, opening the eyes, just establish with your partner who would like to, who's willing or would like to respond first. And then come into silence. And <clears throat> tell me a way you participate. Please begin.
Have you got all your ways of knowing on board? And when you're ready, you can change. People in the three, you can keep with that same second person. Yeah. The question is, tell me a way you participate. Please begin. So let's have a couple more minutes where you have a few more minutes with the question but in a different way. So 
you take it in turns to ask the question. So one of you asks, tell me a way you participate, and you take whatever time you need, and then they say thank you, and then you ask them. And you, of course you'll have been just impacted by what they said, you know, so... Um, And the people in the three, you can go in a, you can figure it out. <laughs> okay, let's take a few more minutes. Tell me a way you participate. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.com dot org slash donate.